right, so uh, the big news of the week in the world of Chris Jericho and AEW is that I lost the AEW championship at Revolution on Saturday in Chicago, and it was the end of a six-month run. Uh, I believe I won it, was it September 1st, I think I won it, August 30th, something along those lines, um, of 2019, uh, maybe August, let me see when it was, August 31st, I believe it was, yeah. So um, what I thought I would do now that the title is gone um, is really tell you the story in depth about when the AEW championship was stolen. And it uh, really gets my goat pet peeve when people go, hey, did you really lose your belt? It's like, I have never lost a belt. I mean, I have traveled the world. I'm in my 30th year of wrestling. I've held titles in Mexico, Japan, Canada, the United States. You know, I've taken it to England and you know whatever countries, all across Europe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. I never lost a title belt for a second. Never once misplaced the title belt. Never once had somebody rib me by taking the title and putting it somewhere ever. So when people would say that you lost the title, um, that, that bothers me because I understand the significance and the importance of holding the title and keeping it safe when you're the champion uh, or le champion, if you will. And I think you guys know this by now, but basically if you are the champion, you keep the title and you take it around everywhere and you uh, work with it and, and, and you kind of uh, protect it and, and you know you go through airport security with it and, and all that sort of thing. And I always carry the title with me in my person, so it's always in my carry-on luggage. And, of course, you always have to take it out when you go through security because if you don't, they're going to want to see it. And uh, it's just better just to take it out anyways. And the AEW title is very cool because it comes in a gray bag, which we will uh, discuss a little bit um, a little bit later on. That comes into play in this storyline. So, like I said, when you tell me that uh, you heard that I lost it, I never lost it. This title was literally stolen from me. Uh, when um, when I was in Tallahassee, and we'll kind of go through all the significance and all the the uh, you know all the bullet points, all that sort of thing. But I'll go into this. It's, it's like a, a like a Hardy Boys mystery. And I'm not talking about Matt and Jeff. I'm talking about Frank and Joe. Uh, murder she wrote. You know, we're, we're trying to figure out what this mystery is because to this day, I still don't know exactly what happened to that championship belt. Still don't know where it went, who had it. Um, it's like the whole city of Tallahassee was like the uh, cast of the Wicker Man and was in on this this scam, this whole plot to steal the AEW championship. Which, And keep in mind, this is the very first one. I had just beaten Hangman Page for the title. And man, it seems like forever. Like Hangman is super popular now with the... Uh, you know, cowboy shit and the, the drinking and all that other stuff. It was a whole different world back then. Um, he was just kind of a almost a nameless, faceless baby face to start it out. But now it's a completely different world. But anyways, I had just beaten Hangman Page uh, for the title. So to have it stolen, not even 24 hours later, is very embarrassing is the word that I can use uh, as a pro, as a veteran, and as the very first AEW champion. So let's go back, as Loverboy says, uh, we're going to start from the start. Had The, uh, the pay-per-view was in Chicago, um, in Schaumburg, the place was called. Uh, it's kind of an outskirts of Chicago. And um, as I do sometimes when there's big matches going on, flying through airports and transferring back and forth and mentioning you know, security and all other stuff, it gets very tedious sometimes. And if I have a big match... I like to get rid of all that stress, and so I'll, I'll uh, rent a, a private plane, one of the uh, benefits of being le champion. So that's what I decided to do, was, was get a plane for, for, for the flight to Chicago, do the show, uh, and then get back into the plane and fly back to Tampa afterwards. We went up together, my wife Jessica and I, 
and uh, we flew up there together, and then we were flying back with our friend Angie, who was in Chicago and lives in Tampa, and just happened to be at the same time, so she wanted to go to the show, and then she was going to fly back with us. So uh, flew up to Chicago, and I got there a couple days early-er, whatever the heck we did to hang out for a bit and kind of, you know, you go over the match and you get acclimated to what you're going to do and figure out everything and just relax and, and kind of get into the, into the zone, so to speak. And that's what we did. We had a hell of a match with Hangman. It was a, it was a great, great show. And I won the title as the first AEW champion. And that was the night when afterwards I was walking through and, uh, the backstage area and insulting everybody and end up, you know, going into my dressing room with the uh, lack of supplies, shall we say, with the couple pieces of salami and a couple olives or whatever the hell it was. And that's when I said, you know, and look at this over here, a little bit of the bubbly. And um, that was kind of the, 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 the beginning of it. And it's funny because I just went to the New York Toy Fair last week and they're doing a... Um, little bit of the bubbly playset, <laughs> which means it's Jericho with a microphone in one hand, a bottle of the bubbly in the other, and they've got a table and a little uh, champagne bucket, and they've got the deli tray and all that sort of stuff kind of set up there. So um, quite funny about that. And we'll get into the little bit of the bubbly. I know we did a podcast about that before, but uh, it all kind of ties in. Hung out uh, at the hotel after the show and had a great time kind of celebrating not just the fact that I had won the title, but also the... Um, the, the overall, you know, kind of was the, the, it was kind of the beginning of of AEW. It was the the, the debut pay per view of, of of this of this company. I know we had done Vegas the time before that, but we were going right into TV afterwards, and it was just a really cool time. So, get up early the next day. Didn't have a lot of sleep because you know stay up and have some drinks, and all that sort of stuff. But go to uh, the private jet uh, terminal, get on the plane, and, and off we go. So uh, we're flying and I fell asleep on the plane. I wake up. It's one of those ones where like we're an hour and a half into the flight. And if you look at the the little, you know, plane trajectory, we're hardly have, have gone anywhere. And basically what happened was there was some really bad storms in the Tampa area that they didn't anticipate. So they're going to have to make uh, basically an emergency landing in Tallahassee, Florida. Because we don't know how long it's going to be before the storms dissipate. So it could be 10 minutes. It could be an hour. It could be, you know, seven hours. So we're going to have to just go there and see. And as soon as I find out we have to land, it's like, what a pain in the ass. Because the reason why you get a private plane in the first place is because, it's you know, you'd have to deal with the hassles of, of normal travel. Of course, you can't fight the weather. But still, it was like, oh, my gosh, that we have to land and... As soon as we landed, when they said, you know, it might be seven hours or, or I was just like, you know what? I just want to get a car and just drive home. Let's, let's just go home. You know what I mean? We'll have some, we'll have, we'll have, we'll have someone pick us up and then we don't have to worry about it. Um, so I called uh, my friend Dave, David. Uh, he has a, a limo service here, a Showtime limo in Tampa, Florida. Great company. And he hooks me up and I use him quite often uh, for traveling to the airport and traveling around town or for going out uh, for, you know, a concert or something like that. So I called Dave because he can also set me up anywhere around the world uh, with, with limos and cars. So I said, hey, I, I need, I'm in Tallahassee. I want to uh, go back to Tampa. What can you do? So he was able to, to, to get like an SUV, not a limo, but it's, it's a fancy pants, you know, big, you know, big sport truck, or whatever. He said, I'll get you an SUV and it'll be there in an hour. And so we're sitting at the terminal. It's called the Million Air, get it? <laughs> terminal. And so we just hung out. We chilled out. And when the car finally showed up, and keep in mind, this was a last minute booking. This was not something that was planned. Uh, nobody knew that it was Chris Jericho. Uh, it was just Chris Irvin at the Tallahassee airport to take you to Tampa. So the guy shows up. And we put the uh, the bags into the back. And I had taken a picture with the title in front of the jet. So the title was separate from my bag. So when I put the title into uh, the, the, the back of the truck, the back of the SUV, it was on its own, but I put it there. So nobody, and nobody knows what's in uh, this silver kind of velour bag because I'm the one who's handling it. So all you see is a, you know, a sack. What's in the sack? Whatever. 
So um, as we're getting ready to leave, I said, you know, we're really hungry. We want to go grab a bite. Let's just go to a steakhouse. Let's go to Outback. And so there was an Outback kind of near, and the guy says, let's just go to Longhorn. It's closer to where we need to go. Now, I put it into my GPS, and it was a little bit closer, but it was pretty much the same thing. But Outback, Longhorn, which one would you guys like to do? Let's just do Longhorn, whatever. So for the much beleaguered uh, people going, why did you go to Longhorn? Why you? That's the reason why, because the driver said, let's go to Longhorn. See, see a pattern here? See a pattern starting to develop? So we go to Longhorn, and we, we uh, have some food, and I notice uh, probably about 15 or 20 minutes into us sitting there, and it's not a big restaurant. It's not super packed. And when you walk into the front door, we were sitting at a table that was in eyesight, in view of the front door. So the guy comes in, the driver, and he goes to the front door and he starts kind of walking around the uh the restaurant. And we see him come in and we're like, isn't that our driver? Like, what's he doing? Like he's kind of just wandering around and you know, just kind of you know, hanging out and, and and he kind of wanders over to our to our table about five minutes later and says, Hey, uh, I just want to check your address. Is this uh is that a, a residence or an apartment? I'm like, it's a residence. And you know, what difference does it make? You just put it into your GPS. Because well, I just just want to make sure. I was just checking. And then he walks out, and I'm like, that's peculiar. Like, why would he walk in here, wander around for five minutes, then come over and ask me a completely irrelevant question to where we're going, and then walk out? Huh? Almost like he was, I don't know, maybe stalling inside the restaurant right so we're hanging out and we, we you know we finish up our dinner and we're eating and um he, the guy comes in again about 20 minutes after that and he comes in and said um your title belt is missing i said what he goes your title belt the championship belt is missing now i go first of all i'm thinking how do you know that there's a title belt in there it's in a bag it's not the job of a driver to go through people's bags when they're inside uh, I go, what do you mean it's missing? He goes, yeah, well, you, you put it in there and I came out and it, it was gone. And I'm like, like, I'm like, what the f*** are you talking about? What, what, do you, what is it? What? What are you talking about? So we go outside and here's the thing. It was my wife's birthday that week. So I bought her a big bouquet of flowers in a vase and she brought it with her to, to take home. And when we go out there, the uh, the vase that was in kind of the back uh, of the truck is now in the back seat. It's gone from the trunk area to the back seat, and I'm like, "Well, how do you know that the that the the thing is gone?" He said, "Well, I just went out here to look in the back, and like, it's obvious when he looked in the back that the flowers fell out onto the ground." He never mentioned the fact that the flowers fell into the ground. He just mentioned the fact that the belt was gone. So I just start flipping out because I'm like, you are a stupid. Like I said, well, what, when you walked inside, did you lock the limo? He's like, no. I'm like, what? Why would I lock the limo? Because my bags are inside of it. You're the driver. If you rent a limo and put your bags in it, you pretty much assume that everything is safe. That's why you rented a limo. And if the driver gets out to go randomly walk around in the restaurant that you're in, maybe you should think to lock the doors. All right, so we continue with the story. I'm furious at this guy. I'm like, and the, guy, and the guy won't talk to me. I'm like, what happened to the title? What did you do? Well, I don't know. Like, dude, that doesn't make any sense. That's unacceptable. So I'm outside and I'm screaming at him. Like, you idiot, you motherfucker stupid idiot you know i'm freaking out the lady from the longhorn comes out and, and jess and angie come out too and they basically say like people are seeing like this big white guy screaming at a small african-american guy someone's gonna call the cops so maybe you should call the cops first to start figuring out what's going on here and she was really cool and i was like oh that's great let's call the cops so i call the cops and she tells me right across the street from like a uh, like a pawn shop or a loan, uh, a loan place or something like that. And she said, there's security cameras there. There's security cameras on the traffic light. So we'll find out what happened. 
And I'm like, well, that's great. Because to me, like I started thinking, okay, we get into the car and the guy, it may be some kind of a, of a trafficking guy. Maybe, maybe they run some kind of racket where they steal things out of the backs of limos. And I'm thinking the guy said uh, to whoever, whoever his, his you know, contact was, uh, meet me in the parking lot of Longhorn. I'll leave the car. I'll walk inside. You go in the back and see what you can find. So that's what I really think happened. So when the guy walked inside and killed time inside the Longhorn, I think that his, you know, his, his, his partner pulled up, opened the back of the limo. The flowers fell out. He panicked, grabbed the title belt, which this other guy had already scouted because he knew it was a title belt, even though he had no reason to know there's a title belt because I never told him. And he never looked at it when I was around because I never took it out of the bag. So I assume that he saw this one, uh, you know, overlying piece of, uh, of of luggage, looked in it, saw it was some kind of a fancy gold belt, called his friend to come steal it. And that's what happened. Of course, I can't prove any of that, but it seems about as logical as the rest of the of, of all this this, this storyline because it's so fantastic like to tell it even saying it out loud it just it's so unbelievable in certain ways so the cop comes he was really nice i give him all the information and he you know starts interrogating the driver and the driver is not saying anything just, yep uh-huh okay yep so i call david the, the limo guy in tampa and tell him what happened because that's unacceptable you never leave the limo open ever Never mind Tallahassee. I mean, I don't know what part of Tallahassee we're in, but you know, who knows what the hell was going on? Obviously, there was thieves in the area to steal title belts. So um, I'm just like just furious right now. So then they send like a forensics team, like CSI. There's a literal CSI team to investigate the case of, of the missing the missing title. So. Um, and now I'm just like, now I'm even worse off. Like, I just want to get the hell out of So I'm, I'm, I'm telling David, you know, just send another car. And so they do send another car. This one's kind of like a party bus for the three of us. And I meet the uh, the head of the limo company shows up with the party bus. And he's super apologetic. And we're going to get to the bottom of this. And I'm very sorry. I believe his name was Dave. Uh, no, the other guy's name is Dave. I don't remember what this guy. Mike. It was Mike. His name was Mike. So Dave is Tampa. Mike is Tallahassee. And so basically we go through this whole thing and, and take the police reports and the guy gives his statement and they take fingerprints and they'll go, you know, okay, we've got all the information. We'll let you know uh, what we find out and uh, we'll keep in touch. And now I'm like, well, now it's dark out. You know, the whole day has been ruined completely. So we get in the party bus, we drive back to Tampa and I'm thinking even more. It's like, what an idiot this guy was. If you were really going to do this properly, this driver, have the guy steal the title and don't say anything about it. Don't come back in and tell me that the title's gone. Because if your job is to drive me back to Tampa, by the time I got back to Tampa, I might not even have remembered that the title was in there. And if I did, if it's gone, it could be, it's too late. There's no clues at all. Where did it go? I don't know. Here, okay, it was at the Longhorn. We can file, you know, a report and all this stuff. Here's the other part of the story that I forgot to tell you too. When we got to Longhorn, I realized that I had grabbed the wrong bag. Uh, I grabbed someone else's bag instead of mine. So we sent the guy back to the terminal as we went inside Longhorn to eat to go pick up the real bag and drop off the other bag. So um, that's what he did. So I'm wondering at some point in that drive, if he met with somebody or at least he had time to call somebody to come meet him in the parking lot to take uh, to take this 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 bag this title. So I wake up the next morning and now I'm like oh, I got a call. I call Tony Khan. I'm like, "Hey man, the title got stolen." He's like, "What?" I go, "The title got stolen." Like, "What do you mean it got stolen?" I'm literally like, "Now I feel like the biggest loser ever because I'm trying to explain to my boss that I lost the title, the, that the title got stolen." And it's like, what a terrible, embarrassing thing to have to say to your boss. I'm sorry, the title got stolen. Like, terrible. And then I have to tell Cody, and I got to tell uh, you know Nick and Matt Jackson, and, and Kenny's got to know. And I just feel like these guys are probably texting each other going, was Jericho drunk, or was he high, or is he just stupid? And it's none of those things. 
the, the thing that I did stupid was not put the title back into my big suitcase and leaving it out. But even so, it's in the back of a giant limo SUV. You put it in there, the driver's with it the whole time. If he leaves, which he never should have in the first place, but you lock the door. We've been through that. It was gone. So I call Tony and we're like, okay, well, what do we do with this? Let's just not say a word about it because this, like, this is really embarrassing for this fledgling company. You know, I could just see all the wrestling fans and WWE just howling at the fact that they, these, these hot young upstarts went and got a new world champion and a new world title and it gets stolen not even 24 hours after the first guy wins it. On top of that, I asked Tony, how much does the belt cost? He says about 30 grand. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. $30,000. That's so much this title is. This is like now it's like grand larceny. This is something along those lines. Um, so we're trying to figure out what to do the next day. Do we keep it quiet? Do we keep it, uh, do we keep it you know, uh, close to the vest? And what do we want to do with it? And not even 20 minutes later, I get a phone call from somebody, some random reporter that I've worked with before. And he's like, hey, uh, is it true that the title got stolen? I'm like, how did you find that out? Oh, the, the Tallahassee Police Department put it up on their uh, Twitter page. And I'm like, What? Yeah, they, they, they're putting it on social media that uh, that the title belt got stolen and Chris Jericho got his title stolen. I'm like, well, that's just great. Now, not only did it get stolen, now uh, uh, they've announced it. Now it's really looking bad. So now we're trying to figure out what to do. Do, do, do we put out a press release or do we just ignore it? And I'm like, you know, we have to attack this head on. We don't need a press release. Just let me think about it for a second. I'll do a video and I'll send it over to you. And that's what I did. That's the one that I did when I was sitting in the hot tub and, and with the bubbly and saying I, was, I, I vowed to scour the earth to find out the thief that stole the AW championship. And we were able to kind of deflect a little bit of the embarrassment because we took the bull by the horns. Instead of just ignoring it, we said, okay, we have to, we have to try and figure out a way to, to, to take advantage of this in a good way. And we used that publicity to kind of divert the um, intelligentsia from the real story which was this belt was stolen and tony of course no secret he's a billionaire billionaire family in charge of many things and worth a lot of money so they have you know private detectives and they have basically an fbi rep that deals with the family so he he, he hooks up me and the fbi rep and, and then the fbi guy and i start talking he's asking me all the information and you know we're going to figure this out we're going to figure this out and meanwhile the, like there's no one really knows anything and, and nothing is making sense. And now the Tallahassee police department is basically getting it out there that, you know, this is gone. So now we're like, okay, it's stolen. Should we do maybe an AW? Should we do an angle like the missing belt and who's got it? And do we maybe have at the time I was working with hangman or Cody or whoever it was like, you know, they stole it and, and they, they, they're the ones that took it and they're the ones that there are behind this whole debacle just to mess with my head. And, you know, we're just trying to figure out what to do and try and divert this possible, very embarrassing situation. Thankfully, at the same time, that's when the bubbly memes started, which we discussed on Talk is Jericho months ago. And so that was a huge diversion because while the title was stolen, I did this hilarious uh, bit in, in, the, in the hot tub and uh, talking about the bubbly and then the bubbly meme started online. So it kind of was a big giant smoke screen to keep people away from the fact that, you know, where is this title about and, and how are you going to find it? And that's basically the, the truth. How are we going to find this? How are we going to get this back? What are we going to do? And that's when it really started getting strange because the, the more we got into it, the less information we got. And we got the, you know, the official charge was grand second degree theft, $20,000 to less than $100,000. Uh, and that's obviously very, very uh, uh, heavy charge for anybody to get. So meanwhile, I'm talking to David as well. And David's talking to Mike and Mike and I'm talking to Mike, the, the limo guy. And he's like, well, you know, we, we, we followed the GPS of this driver he literally just drove to the terminal to pick up the lost bag and drove back to Longhorn, and that's all he did. And I said, "Well, you, you know, then you, you, you're kind of trying to be like a like a, you know, a high school. Well, did you check his phone? Did you check his his, his text messages?" And I'm like, "I don't even know if you're even allowed to do that." But 
I'm like, who did he talk to? Who did he contact that this was there? And what was the chain of events that led to it getting stolen? So meanwhile, as we're dealing with the stolen title and trying to figure out what to do, because I think we still had a little bit of time because uh, uh, Dynamite hadn't started yet. We had like a month to get a new title. And that's when they, we actually made an uh, extra title, which is something that WWE has as well. They have, they have uh, the title that stays with the show at all times in kind of like the big road cases. And then you've got the champion title that you take with you. So if something ever happens and it gets lost or stolen or whatever it may be, you always have a backup. And, and once again, like I said, like this is this, the, 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 the AEW championship is more coveted and, and now more, um, a more important object than the Ark of the Covenant or, uh, or, or the uh, uh, Marcellus Wallace's suitcase, what's inside Marcellus Wallace's suitcase. Like everyone wants to know the real secret of the AEW championship because we're just trying to do anything we can to, to, you know, avoid this potentially, you know, PR black mark, um, which would, uh, you know, when you're starting out, it doesn't take much for the fan base's mindset to switch on you. And the fact that the title had been stolen, like I said, now we can add to the whole, you know, myth of, of the title and the story. And it's not the first time this happened. This happened also too. Uh, going to a little bit of a, of a Google information thing here. In 1963, Bruno Sammartino uh, got his WWE championship, it was WWF back then, stolen from the garden. Someone stole it from the dressing room, and uh, it was gone until August 2012, where it was found in another wrestler, Johnny Barron's attic. So... Very, very interesting that <laughs> it was just stolen. So that was kind of the, the well, at least one missing title. Uh, hopefully this one will have the same prestige if, if and when it's ever found. Well, it was found very quickly. All right, back to the mystery of the missing AEW championship. So throughout all this, I mean, and the thing was, once again, I mean, I think it came out on the third that it had been stolen you know, put out the 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 kind of all points bulletin or whatever it is, which was September first. So September third, I think the news came out or whatever it was, and and so whatever. Point being, the Tallahassee Police Department was not giving me any information, and I would talk to Tony's FBI guy, and he'd be like, "They're really hard to work with. They're really hard to deal with," and I'm like, "Like, well, this is very strange." Like, I don't know if they really understand what's going on, but then it started getting out online and then they understood what was going on because it's all about wrestling. And of course, wrestling fans are very boisterous and loyal and posting theories and posting pictures and all this other stuff. So, and meanwhile, the guy who's giving me the most information is David, the limo guy from Tampa, because he's been talking to Mike and David said, like, I feel responsible for this because I'm the one who puts you in that car where it got stolen in the first place. So I'm going to try and do, do my best to try and find it. So he's talking to Mike and, and, and all of this other stuff. And then we're starting to hear kind of like, you know, the, the weird stories going on. Like I said, keep in mind the, the, the whole wicker man thing to where it seems like the whole town was in on this. So what happened is that now the next day, I wake up in the morning as I'm literally on the phone trying to get the, the, the cop from the Tallahassee station to give me some answers. When my wife comes in and says, they found it. I said, what do you mean they found it? They said, they found it. It's online. What do you mean it's online? We go and look online, uh, Tallahassee, you know, Gazette. The cops have found the title and they're posting pictures with it and putting them up online. The cops have the title belt on, and I'm like, how? why are they posting online that they found the title, and they haven't even told the guy who got it stolen? So now this is a whole other reason. So I call the cop, and I'm furious. Like, how could you tell the press before he told me? He said, well, we just found it. Well, you didn't obviously just find it because you had enough time to take a picture and post it. I mean, that seems like it's very unprofessional. It seems like it almost might even be against the law if you're a police officer to do something that take a picture with stolen property before the people even know about it. And then I'm like, well, where was it found? 
you know wh- wh- where where exactly was this was this was this title found so we're trying to figure that out and then we're trying to find out how can I get the title back because it's stolen property and usually you might, I might have to go to Tallahassee on my own and pick it up and, and, and it's just all of these things going on. So then we start hearing stories about how it was found. It was found on the side of the road by somebody and the road that it was found on was nowhere near Longhorn. And was not on the route that we took from the Millionaire Terminal to Longhorn to Tampa. Completely off the cuff. So this guy claims that he uh, saw it in the bag on the side of the road. And I'm going to go look up some actual uh, news reports. This is from the Tallahassee Democrat, the same one that uh, showed the uh, cop with the, uh, the, title, the title belt. How a Tallahassee man found AEW wrestler Jericho's title belt in the middle of the road. Okay. Uh, Frank Price is the guy's name, and it was his birthday, and he and his wife were driving home after a day scalloping. But, you know, they pulled into town, and he spotted what appeared to be a velvet bag in the middle of a turn lane in, in one of the streets. The bag was scuffed up and contained something heavy, but the Prices didn't take a peek inside until they got home. Okay. Stop right there. I'm a worker. I've been telling the stories for 30 years. That is some high-level, high-priced bullshit. Let me ask you this, fearless listener, sexy beast, talk is Jericho listener. How many times have you guys been driving down the road and you see something on the side of the road? Maybe it's a suitcase. Maybe it's a bag. Maybe it's a piece of trash. Would you ever think about pulling over and picking it up, putting it in your car? Just think about that for a second. And while you think about that, I'm going to tell you this. The bag was scuffed up. It's a velvet bag. It's made of what? Velvet. How do you scuff up velvet? It's not like it's a leather shoe. Or it's not like it's a suitcase that gets scuffed. It's a f- bag made of velvet. Okay, so let's say you are going to pull over on your way home from scalloping and you do decide to pick up this scuffed up velvet bag, but it contains something heavy, but you're not going to look at it until you get home. Okay, if you're going to go out of your way to stop your freaking car, pick up the velvet bag, you are going to do what every single human being on the planet would do if you're stupid and curious enough to pick up a bag on the side of the road. You're going to open it up and look at it. All right, but they waited until they got home because apparently even though they're, they're cleaning up the streets, they're also very patient, um, so they're not going to uh, open bags to get home. I think I said something like, whoa, it's a huge wrestling belt. Check this thing out. I never would have guessed that. I've had a lifetime of guesses. And then... He takes a picture with the belt on. Not only do I got some nondescript cop taking pictures with my title, I now got Mr. Frank Price, 41, of Tallahassee taking pictures as well. What is up with these guys? And then his wife Googled the gold and leather garment, and it seemed to match the championship belt for All Elite Wrestling. How do you Google a solid object? Did she Google championship belts in wrestling? And there are knockoffs for sale on eBay. I don't know if we have any knockoffs for sale on eBay yet because I know the toys aren't ready yet. Is there any knockoffs for sale? AEW Championship title knockoffs for sale, especially one week after we, uh, after we, we uh, announced it? Tell me, guys, if anybody that's, that's listening to this, if you know of an actual AEW knockoff belt for sale on eBay. At the time, there was nothing in the news about anything being lost or stolen, so we thought it was just a replica or costume or something like that. So then he listed it on Craigslist. I found a pro wrestling championship belt on Highway 20. Contact me with the details. You can come get it. And then he started getting replies on Tuesday night and uh, found out about the millionaire and the Longhorn Steakhouse and all this other stuff. And then he didn't see the messages till Wednesday morning, but he realized, when he realized what he had found, he called the Tallahassee Police Department and was told to bring it in. Uh, and he handed the belt over to an investigator in the lobby, answered questions about how he found it, and uh, there you go. 
Okay, so while we're at the police uh, department here with Mr. Frank Price, uh, after he went scalloping, he happens to run into Mike Vaughn, the owner of Mike's Limousine, my Mike, uh, who had given Jericho the fancy ride to the restaurant. Oh, my gosh, I hate journalism. He said Vaughn was planning to file an insurance claim for the missing belt and was so pleased that it had been found, he gave him a $200 reward. Now, once again, I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm just saying how strange it is that the guy who was on the case that ran the limo company just happens to be in the police department when the guy who just happened to find it on the side of the road happens to go drop it off at the station. It's insane. Makes no sense. Meanwhile, I know nothing about this. No one has told me anything. All I know is that they found the title and I can't get it back because it's being held. But in the meantime and in between time, I got a guy putting it around his waist at the at the police department. I got a guy putting it around his waist in his house after scalloping. I got a guy who, who sees him at, at the police department and gives him 200 bucks. Like it's just it's crazy. And then later the next day, the, the, the Tallahassee uh, cops uh, took Price's sworn statement. They were slightly suspicious about the reward. Duh. One wondered where Price had called the, uh, wondered where Price had called Vaughn to arrange for their meeting and the reward. Price assured him the meeting was purely coincidental and the reward unplanned. Uh, he, you know, he's, he had, he had, a, he had an alibi, all of his texts and witnesses and all that other stuff. The police said he's under investigation. He said it wouldn't be surprised if he were. I was joking that there'd be investigators following me around. I figured the best approach is just tell the truth and have fun with the whole thing. Uh, Price, who doesn't follow wrestling, doesn't know how the belt ended up in the road. He doubts, however, that it was actually stolen. I think what happened is they just set it on the trunk of the limo and it just fell off. The only other possibility is that it was part of a pro wrestling plot setup. They need all the publicity they can get. <laughs> I'm like, okay, first of all, you dumb idiot. You couldn't set it on the trunk of the limo because there was no trunk. It was an SUV. That's a hatchback. You got to put it up. I would have to reach over and put it on the trunk or to put it on the roof uh, before you put the damn uh, uh, hatchback down. <sighs> Mr. Frank Price, listen, hey, once again, not accusing anybody of anything. And thanks so much for pulling over on the side of the road and uh, doing that. Kind of strange. But anyways, we had the, we had the title and now to get it back. And it was funny because AEW. Uh, Jeff Jones is, is the head of social media and, and posted like, thanks Tampa Bay or uh, Tallahassee police for helping solve the mystery. I'm like, dude, take that tweet down. We don't want to give them any, any coverage. They basically, they're running around putting the title on and not telling me anything, you know? Ugh. So then it's like, uh, you know, once again, I'm trying to take the negative and turn it to a positive. It's the old Vince McMahon, you know, uh, uh, mindset. And I'm like, okay, well, we found it. I'm going to take credit for it. I did it myself because I'm not giving any credit to the to Tallahassee police. Definitely not giving any credit to, to Mike's limo service or the, or, you know, the, 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 the private investigators. No one can find out anything. But now I want the title back. So now I have to call in and say, like, hey, my name is Chris Irvin. I allow this piece to be picked up. But I don't want anybody from the Wicker Man Tallahassee you know, area to, to drive it back. And neither does David. So David's going to drive all the way up to Tallahassee to grab the title. And so we come to kind of a, 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 I think it was kind of a happy meeting where Mike took it halfway, met one of David's guys. Like I said, I said like the, the, the sooner I can get this turned over to our hands, meaning, you know, Jericho, you know, approved hands, I'll be much happier. And it was basically like we were transferring, you know, uh, you know, like a Ming vase across state lines or something. Dave's like five minutes till 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 countdown. They're meeting at the Wawa and exit forty seven, just outside of uh, you know, freaking Valrico, wherever the hell they were. And then it's like finally you know, they're they're doing the meeting. They've done the drop off. The eagle has landed. It's now in our hands. And I'm like, yay! And it's only another two hours. And they finally drive it to where David's at. And David picks up kind of the outskirts of the city. And David personally put the title back into my hands after this uh, ridiculous ordeal. And that's on Wednesday at about 5 p.m. And it was stolen Sunday at about 5 p.m. So you're looking at Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So three days, 
72 hours it was out of my hands and when i got it back i filmed a video saying you know i found it completely by myself and this is all onto me because i not want to give you know any undue uh, credit to our undue credit is is, is not to, is not to, to be given so you know once again just and to this day uh tony's fbi guys have no idea what happened i have no idea what happened and as far as i know the case is still considered to be open so you know it's 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 just so ridiculous you know and and once again just how this whole thing spread and like the the actual report that was found uh from the tallahassee police department was reporting grand theft victim reported the theft of his championship wrestling belt while he was eating at longhorn victim stated he arrived at the millionaire club airport terminal placed the belt inside the rented limousine limo driver shuttled the victim to longhorn for dinner Victim remained at Longhorn while the limo driver returned to the airport. Victim had taken the wrong luggage from the airport. The driver took it back to the terminal. When the driver picked up the victim from the restaurant, the belt was missing. Responding officers searched the limo and airport for the belt without success. An on-call CID uh, was consulted and forensics responded to the scene. It, you know, it, it really is. One thing. Just that police report alone sounds like something out of a movie. You know, I mean, responding officers and, you know, CIDs and CSI and, you know, and we still don't know exactly what happened to this title. And it, we'll never know. I mean, the case is considered uh, still open. They had a tip line. Nothing ever came up on those security cameras that we were uh, looking at that were supposedly filming everything. So all of the evidence that was supposed to be there didn't show up. All of the kind of the the care from from the cops and from everything, nothing, none of that showed up. Um, so you know, the, the bottom line is we got the title back, which is the most important thing. So that leads us to you know, kind of the, the last little uh, dregs of the story. You know, the theories of of what happened, the theories of of who actually did this, and where did that title belt go? I wish we could have put a little you know, camera on there to, to figure out the, the journey that it took to, to get there. But um, quite honestly, I've kind of said the, my, you know, my hypothesis, but I'll just try and encapsulate it one more time. I think when, and once again, not accusing anybody, just what I think happened. In my opinion, I believe is what you say legally uh, if you don't want to get in trouble. In my opinion... I think we got picked up. I think the bag went in there. The driver said that's kind of interesting. What could be in that? I think when he drove back to the airport to return the, 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 the incorrect luggage, I think he might have taken a quick glance at it, saw the shiny gold, thought it was quite expensive, which turns out it was very expensive, legit $30,000. Then called uh, a accomplice to come meet him in the parking lot of the Longhorn. He went inside to stall and kill time to ask the lame question while the accomplice opened up the back of the, of the limo where the flowers fell out because he didn't know they were in there, grabbed the title, and split. Driver mysteriously finds it missing, comes in, and knows that he's not lying because he never stole it. His fingerprints you know, aren't anywhere they weren't supposed to be. I'm sure the accomplice might have been wearing gloves because the, the CSI never found anything. Or maybe they did. Maybe the CSI had DNA samples out the wazoo and they were in on it too. I don't know. Then I think what happened was they realized a few days later that we have got something here that's very, uh, it's got a lot of notoriety. And it's like stealing like a 59 Les Paul, the most expensive guitar. It's worth like $500,000. If you steal one, who are you going to sell it to? Everyone's going to know that you stole it unless there's some kind of black market 59 Les Paul thing out there, but most guys that collect 59 Les Pauls aren't going to approve of anything being stolen, similar to wrestling. Anybody that's going to be a wrestling collector, they'd probably feel like a real scumbag to have the actual AEW championship, knowing that people are trying to find it and, and just having it in your house. So I think these guys realize, like, oh, my gosh, there's, there's people everywhere talking about this. It's all over social media. It's all over the news. We just got to get rid of this thing. But that's where it gets strange. So they take it and just throw it out the side of their car. And do they alert Frank Price, 
41 after he went scalloping to, to pull over on the side of the road? Or did this nosy motherfucker actually pull over on the side of the road, find the scuffed up velvet bag and bring it in? That doesn't make any sense either, though. And then how does that tie into Mike, the limo driver, just happening to be at the station when Frank gets there to drop it off and films it? That's another part that I didn't mention. We have this on film of the first meeting of Mike and Frank finding out that, 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 that here, I'm here to, re, you know, to report a missing title. Here, I'm here to turn in the missing title. Like, it, it doesn't work that way. It's way too kabuki-ish, as we say in wrestling. And that's, to me, why I, I, this story will always kind of be a monkey on my back, a thorn in my, in my pride, so to speak, because we don't know. And we never got any updates Still never really heard from the Tallahassee cop. Never heard from the CSI type people. So it's it's the mystery. And that's why, going back to what I said at the beginning, it really bothers me when people say, uh, oh, so you lost the title. Did it really get stolen? Yes. You sure you didn't leave it on the trunk? Of the, there's no trunk. No, I did not leave it on the trunk. I don't leave things on trunks. My mistake was, like I said, was, was leaving it in the hands of, of somebody that I that I should have known better. But, you know, you trust, you trust people when, when you are using their services. So as a result, like I said, when we got the title back, all, you know, embarrassment was gone. Uh, bubbly was huge at that point. That's when we put out the Bubbly shirt. I think we put out the Bubbly shirt on September 3rd or 4th, which became the highest-selling shirt in Pro Wrestling Tees history. So I think that kind of, uh, siphoned off a lot of the you know how people are in society if somebody does something really bad and he's under the ringer until something something else bad happens which could be a day later and everyone forgets about it so I think there's so much publicity on the bubbly that when people were thinking about Chris Jericho it wasn't so much about the stolen title it was about the, the bubbly stuff but as a result when I got it back I mean now more than ever carry the title with me obviously I lost it the other day so I don't have to worry about that anymore and that thing is freaking heavy it's got to be about 30 pounds. So it's a good, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a bittersweet problem to solve. That I don't have to carry on that, that heavy thing. But, um, I just think that, uh, you know, at this point, like I said, I'm carrying it with me at, at the point where if I did, uh, uh, if I checked something in, I would carry the belt with me in my hand. Like if I only had one bag and I had to check it in, it's too big. I literally just carry the belt in my, in my hand because it's got the, scuffed up velvet bag so nobody can really see what it is anyway so um it's a beautiful title it's probably one of my favorite titles that i've ever had i think it's right up there with me with the uh, original eagle wwf championship which is um i think my favorite title that i had but this one was great and it was an honor to have it and i'm also really glad now though that we have a second one in case something like that happens as we know it does, it happened to Bruno Sammartino for, for, for Frick's sake, so you know that it can happen. And it happened to me. I take great pride. Like I said, I've never had this uh, happen in any way, shape, or form. So when it did, I was really like uh, really bummed out because to me, it almost made me seem like less of, of a professional. I remember trying to explain that to my wife, and she's like, well, it's not your fault. I'm like, I know it's not my fault, but it is my fault because when you are you know, given the Holy Grail, it's your responsibility to protect that holy grail, keep it with you till the death. And the fact that it got taken away from under my nose, not just the fact that it wasn't around, but from a professional standpoint, it was, uh, it was a real kind of, I guess maybe because I'm old school, it was kind of a real kind of slap in the face and, and a questioning of my professionalism, shall we say. I don't think anybody in AEW felt that. But anyway, so it was an interesting start to the AEW, uh, the lineage of the AEW title, a lineage that uh, I had the honor of keeping for the first six months of his existence. And now John Moxley is now in charge of that title. And as far as I know, he didn't get his stolen in the first day of, of his championship reign. So congratulations to Mox for that. Uh, it was a great match, by the way. And even though I lost, I thought the storytelling was 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 killer. Uh, to me, wins or loses or anything like that, it's all about the storyline. And we had 10 weeks of one of my favorite stories that we'd ever done. And I think you could put that on some kind of a, you know, 
not that they make DVDs anymore, make some kind of a special, a YouTube special, shall we say, a streaming special on the anatomy of how to put on a, a great storyline with a lot of details and based it around that title. I carried with me every time I went to the ring, even if it was um, hard to hold because I had a bottle of the bubbly in one hand and a microphone in the other. That title has to be the, the centerpiece of what you do, what we do. Everybody should covet it. Everybody should want it. Uh, and that's the case because definitely somebody wanted it, basically stole it from uh, from out under our noses. But I think that we've got a great a, a great new champion. And I think that it's always good to have a little bit of intrigue. And, you know, I was joking, like, who actually could have stolen this if it wasn't the, you know, the limo driver? Okay, Vince McMahon, that's an option. You know, maybe Vince paid the limo driver to, to steal the title. Maybe I stole it myself because, you know, a good mystery gets people talking. And the fact that that title was stolen and we got it back quickly, which was great, um, added a lot of prestige and a lot of free publicity and free press for our new championship. So it is like what... Uh, with uh, our brother, what's his name? Frank Price, 41, after he went scalloping, to say they could use all the publicity they can get or whatever. I mean, not necessarily that case, but it definitely didn't hurt to have that, uh, that sort of controversy going on right out of the gates. But, you know, all hassle aside, all problems aside, thanks to everybody that did do their work. I'm sure there were some fine people at the Tallahassee Police Department that weren't walking around holding my title and showing it off to the free world. But anybody that did find it, um, did have something to do with it, uh, I'm glad that we have it back. And if you know anything about this case, if you're listening, tweet me about it, at Talk is Jericho. Let me know if there's any other clues that I should know about to maybe piece this together. Because this case might be closed to the TPD and to whoever else. But to me... I'm always going to be wondering who did it. And I'll find you someday. I'm going to scour the face of the earth. I'm going to find you. And when I do, oh, daddy. All right, guys. Hope you have a a great week. And we'll see you on Friday right here on Talk is Jericho. Unless, of course, somebody steals my Zoom rig, in which case I might have some problems. But uh, (laughs) have a great day. And I hope you enjoyed the mystery of the stolen title belt. (laughs) 